It's Wednesday, September 7th. I'm Pam Jones. E. coli bacteria contamination has left West Baltimore residents boiling tap water since Monday, but we have an update from the DPW. The Merville High School community is coming together with mental and emotional support for those affected by last week's traffic and fatal student shooting. Baltimore County Council members have voted themselves a pay boost, the first one since 2014. Thousands of roadways in the county will get a 3D review to see where repairs are needed. I'll have those headlines and more. Plus, Dr. Lena Wen talks about the threat to public health officials and the COVID booster to fight Omicron. It's the Daily Dose from WIPR, our latest reporting on Maryland's COVID-19 response and the local news of the day, made possible by GBMC Healthcare. At a news conference this afternoon, Baltimore Department of Public Works officials said all but one of 25 tests for E. coli contamination came back negative today. DPW Director Jason Mitchell said the boil water advisory remains in effect for West Baltimore residents as a precaution, and the single positive test was taken at a police facility in the 1000 block of North Mound Street. The DPW said results from 90 additional tests from sites in Baltimore City and Baltimore County are pending. With heavy hearts, Mervo High School administrators and community members gathered last night to discuss emotional and mental health support following last week's tragic shooting of 17-year-old Jeremiah Brogdon. WIPR's Shekana Collier reports. Attendance from Mervo students was encouraged but not required yesterday. Today, as a part of the school's recovery week, students will spend time in groups called restorative circles to learn about conflict resolution. Principal Tricia Lawrence said the school's plan offers students resources and the opportunity to talk about their feelings and heal from Friday's shooting. I want to eliminate any thought that is just business as usual. It's a progressive process to healing and we're offering those opportunities for our staff as well as our Mustangs. The school will also increase police presence and hopes to recruit community volunteers to help patrol outside and ensure safety as students travel to and from school. Jakina Collier, WIPR News. Police have identified a 14-year-old boy who was shot and killed in Pikesville. Baltimore County officials identify the victim as Travis Slaughter, who was shot near the Milford Mill Academy. Officials identify the teenager as a freshman at the school. Investigators say Slaughter was shot as the Friday night high school football game was ending. Another juvenile was injured in the incident. Police say the search for a suspect in connection with the shooting is ongoing. The University of Maryland, Baltimore, will be heading the new Center for Violence Prevention to intervene, reduce, and respond to violence in the city. The center will bring together multiple disciplines within the university system, including law, social work, and medicine. The Baltimore County Council voted Tuesday night to hike its pay as well as the county executives. It's the first pay increase they've had since 2014. Starting in December, council members will be paid $69,000. That's almost a $7,000 increase. The council chairman will make $77,000. The county executive's pay will go up from $175,000 to $192,000. Baltimore County, for the first time, is going to use 3D laser scanning to check the conditions of its 8,800 roads. WIPR's John Lee says the county will use the data to figure out which roads need fixing first. 
Each year, county workers have driven the roads, eyeballed them, and rated their condition based on experience. Christina Lewis with the county's Office of Information Technology told the county council that approach is subjective, and using the 3D laser will change that. This analysis will allow the county to prioritize spending and pave the most critical areas first. Council members hear plenty from constituents complaining about county roads, so Democratic Council Chairman Julian Jones made it clear to Lewis that they do not want to be cut out. We all know our roads better than anyone, and we will be more than happy, as we always do, to tell you where you need to pay first and quickly. The county is hiring a firm to do the road evaluation at a cost of more than a half million dollars. John Lee, WIPR News. Maryland Senate Republicans launched a push Tuesday to increase their numbers in the General Assembly, but they avoided endorsing their party's candidate for governor. WIPR's Joel McCord with that story. Brian Simonair, the Senate GOP leader, said in a virtual press conference his party could make a difference if they could just pick up a few more seats. We will be able to force Democrats to have true debate and negotiate in the best interest of everyday Marylanders not the far-left extremes. When it came to Dan Cox, the party's Trump-endorsed candidate for governor, Simon Air demurred. We're, we're solely focused on the Senate race. Uh, we're trying to get more senators in there so we can have balance. He said a recent meeting with Cox was brief. We talked about focusing on the issues that are important to Maryland, and we both agreed on that. And uh, then we said, look, we need to focus on our races. And that's, that's where we left it. In fact, Simon Ayer said he's not endorsing any of his party's statewide candidates. I'm Joel McCord, WYPR News. And according to the Maryland State Department of Health, new COVID-19 infections in the last 24 hours continue to exceed 1,000 cases. 547 Marylanders are hospitalized. That's actually 35 less than the previous day. And the seven-day rolling average positivity rate is 10.43 percent. Dr. Lena Wen joined WIPR host Tom Hull this week for the Midday Health Watch. In her new book, Lifelines, A Doctor's Journey in the Fight for Public Health, Dr. Wen, columnist, former Baltimore Health Commissioner, emergency room physician, and professor, touches on the continuing battle for trust that public health officials find themselves in. Several, as we've reported before, have faced physical as well as verbal assaults. So how does this mistrust of public health officials affect the campaign to get people to take the latest COVID booster shot approved by the FDA and CDC last week that Governor Hogan announced will be available to Maryland residents next week? I'm actually quite excited about the fact that there is a new booster. This is the first update to the formulation of the vaccines since they were first authorized nearly two years ago. And so it's actually a big deal because the vaccines that we've been getting thus far have all targeted the original strain. And we have been saying for many months now that Omicron, which is the which has been the dominant strain since December, um, that Omicron is partially immune evasive with the existing vaccines. And so the 
new vaccine that's developed is a formulation that is called a, biba- a bivalent formulation. So there are two components. One component targets the original um, vaccine or the, the original variant. And so it's the same as what was given before. The other specifically target these Omicron subvariants. Now, of course, Omicron could evolve to something else and we could get a new dominant variant in time to come. But right now, Omicron is virtually 100% of all the new infections here in the United States. And so I think it does make sense to get this reformulated version. Dr. Wen says the other important aspect of the CDC and FDA's decision to approve this new COVID booster is the revised timeline and number of boosters needed. It used to be that we considered number of boosters, right? We said people 50 and older should get two boosters in addition to their first two vaccines. And we always talked about the total number of doses. Well, now there is a streamlining, a simplification, if you will, such that you are considered to be up to date with your boosters if you have received this updated booster. And I think that's good. It helps to simplify the process. So we're not counting, well, how many total doses have you gotten, but rather have you gotten this updated booster. And I think that actually paves the way for what it's going to look like moving forward in the future. I would anticipate that the COVID vaccine is going to be similar to the flu vaccine and that you get an updated um, COVID vaccine maybe every year. Um, And I think that that would help to simplify um, the understanding for a lot of people about how many vaccines they're supposed to get and when. And so as to who should get this updated booster, um, everyone 12 and older is eligible to receive this updated booster as long as it's been at least two months since their previous vaccine. Even though we're coming off a holiday weekend that traditionally signals the end of summer, there's still lots of folks getting in those last days of vacation this month, whether by flying to their destination or cruising, which means more exposure and chances to contract COVID. Dr. Wen addresses when you should get the booster, even if you've recently recovered from COVID-19. Technically, you are able to get the new booster as soon as your symptoms have resolved and you're no longer contagious. Now, um, most people, most clinicians, including me, would advise that you wait quite a bit longer than that. The CDC even says that it's okay to wait three months after you have recovered from COVID for two reasons. One is that you still have pretty good protection for about three months, we, we, we believe, and you're unlikely to be reinfected in that period of time. Also, there, um, there are studies to show that um, your body, basically, you want to allow your body time to produce its own antibodies. And you don't really want to get a booster so soon after when your body is still developing antibodies. And so there may be an advantage to waiting three months after you have recovered from COVID to get the additional booster. Dr. Wen says with all the information that has been put forth by public health officials and is readily available, she finds it disheartening that more people, especially those who are immunocompromised, are not availing themselves of the treatments that are out there. Individuals who are eligible for Evushad can get it every six months in addition to getting vaccinated. Um, At the CDC meeting last week, the CDC presented data that only about 5% of people eligible for Evusheld are getting it. And I would say if you are someone who is immunocompromised, ask your clinician if you are, um, if you're eligible for it. I think it's really tragic that we have so many tools at our disposal that are really effective. I mean, Evusheld reduces your likelihood of getting, uh, of getting severely ill if you were to contract COVID by 90%.
Public health officials have drawn the ire of many, even threats of violence from those who say they either don't trust the science or the advice of those who work in public health. Since the beginning of the pandemic, many have also said that because of the changing information, it is hard to calculate the risks versus the benefits of things like mask wearing and social distancing. Dr. Wen acknowledged on Midday with Tom Hall her own evolved thinking on mask wearing. It's really a terrible place that we're in when scientists, doctors, and public health officials have to worry for our lives. Um, I mean, people are allowed to have policy disagreements and they should definitely express them, but to do so in the form of threats to us and to our families, I, I hope we'll all agree, is is really not appropriate. Absolutely. Um, so um, with regard to the evolution, look, I think that one of the things I wish that we would all do a better job of is to communicate that changes in policy guidance and changes in our own behavior is to be expected over the course of a pandemic. That this is not flip-flopping when circumstances change or the science changes and our and the behaviors that people have also change. I think that actually reflects what we see in people around us here in Baltimore or people around the country, that circumstances have dramatically changed since the beginning of the pandemic. So at the very beginning, and actually for really the first um, almost two years of the pandemic, my family and I were really cautious um, we um, saw other people outdoors only. We masked any time that we were in indoor settings. We tried to limit our time in crowded indoor settings. And that was because, especially for our children, um, vaccines were not available to them. And for me, I still thought that as a country, as a world, that we had a chance of containing COVID. Everything changed for us with the arrival of Omicron because it became very clear that eradication and getting rid of COVID was just not on the table, that we had to figure out a way to live with this, and also that the types of mitigation measures we were taking were just not sustainable when you when thinking about this over the course of many years, as in we could avoid indoor gatherings and we could keep masking um, for uh, and testing before getting together, et cetera, if we're talking about a year or two or even three or four. But if it's going to be for the rest of our lives, I don't know that that's something that people are willing to do. Um, now, um, everyone six months and older have access to vaccines. We also have a lot more treatments than we did before. Um, and for my family, we have made the decision that our risk benefit calculation when it comes to these mitigation measures have dramatically changed. You can hear Tom's entire conversation with Dr. Lena Wen by going to midday at WYPR.org. The Daily Dose is brought to you by WYPR, made possible by GBMC Healthcare. Many thanks to my news team colleagues, Rachel Bay, Shekinah Collier, Bethany Raja, John Lee, Joel McCord, and Kristen Mossbrugger. Our general manager is LaFontaine Oliver. The executive editor of The Daily Dose is Danielle Irby. If you have a scoop or suggestion for this podcast, my social media hangout is Twitter at That's Pam Jones. So remember to be courageous and stay curious. I'm Pam Jones. Thanks for listening.